I, I was so pissed. I couldn't even enjoy the sunshine. Like, I, uh, like, I was like, I mean, obviously is a hugely traumatic and awful, but then to be gaslit and trapped. And you're paying. Like she's paying. You, you, paid, you paid to be there too. There. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You're listening to Now What, a podcast where we celebrate the human spirit by sharing stories of strength and resilience. For those going through hard times or looking to get inspired to change their own life, we're your hosts, Jen and Tisha. Hi, and welcome back to Now What. I'm Jen. And I'm Tisha. Today, we are going to be joined by Emily Day from at Modern Day Yoga. I got that right? Or healing? Mm-hmm. It was modern day yoga. And you know what? I recently shifted into modern day healing, but modern day yoga, it's still like, it it's seems you. to be, it is a thing because a big part of what I do is yoga. So yeah, you're not okay. wrong. You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it is modern day healing. So I apologize for that. Anyways, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I guess as the name previously had said, yoga in it. Um, so I have been teaching yoga. I have been uh, teaching yoga, mindfulness, and meditation uh, since 2014. Uh, and I use those modalities to just help empower people. Um, and yoga has led me to some incredible, incredible opportunities, and it's led me down some some pathways where I've uncovered deeper passions and uh, unearthed a lot about myself. So, yeah, yoga teacher, mindfulness uh, meditation teacher. Um, I'm trauma informed as well. I work with youth. I do, uh, gosh, just a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different stuff. Amazing. This is where to trail off. I'm like, how do I explain uh, what I do, who I am? You do a lot, deal a lot with. I I wear a bunch of different hats, to be honest. And it's, uh, I need to narrow down the elevator pitch, so to speak, but here we are. (laughs) No, you don't need to here. (laughs) We get to be all the things here. (laughs) Yes. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so hard to like describe yourself because we're so multifaceted just as human beings. Right. And then someone's like, okay, so in two sentences, tell me about yourself. You're like, uh, and I've done that, you know, the corny exercises where you're literally doing that. What are your, what's your pitch? And sometimes you nail it. And sometimes you're just like, well, what the frick do I say? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, thank you for being here. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We're so grateful to have you here. Um, you have had, a multitude of life experiences that kind of um, made me want to reach out to you. Um, And, you know, I think we left it that we were going to let you decide what you wanted to talk about or what part of your story you wanted to kind of just shed some light on and just maybe help people by sharing. Absolutely. And um, uh, I know when we had talked to earlier previously and we had met, I was all over the place because you're right. There is a so many different things uh, that I have been through and I use, um, I don't know, as ways to help other people, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think what we, I originally had wanted to talk to, to you about, or I guess share with your, your listeners is, is talking about Cuba, right? Talking about um, what I had went through uh, yeah. in that experience. So yeah. Yeah, um, anyone who has followed Emily might know a little bit about this, 
but she had uh, dealt with kind of a really crazy experience <laughs> while down there. Um, one that, you know, I think, I think by following you, I learned is maybe not as uncommon as we might think. And, um, mm-hmm. but also you would never wish upon anyone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where you want to start in your story. I know you've talked kind of publicly about it before, you know, on the news and everything, which is really brave. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, for, for myself and for a lot of our listeners, probably will be the first time that they're hearing your story. So how did it all start? Like take us through kind of what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so (laughs) This is, how do I even begin something? So really, I was recently engaged and we went on a vacation to Cuba. And um, so it was literally the first 24 hours that we had been there. Um, And essentially at the end of the night, you know, they do these entertainment shows on on these all-inclusive trips. That's where we were in Cuba and we, at the end of the night had gotten into an argument and irregardless of the argument, I wanted space. And I said, I'm like, I'm going to the beach. I'm like, I need some space. I'm like, don't, don't follow me. And I walked my ass down to the beach and I didn't, didn't go very far. I was still on resort property um and put my feet in the water you know I really am drawn to water and I love it and I'm always calmed by it so after I put my feet in the water I sat down on one of the beach chairs and I closed my eyes and laid back and listened to the waves and I fell asleep um and I woke up and there was a man on top of me and and it just took me a minute and I wasn't, I wasn't drunk, um, but I still was frozen for a moment in the moment. And I could then f- realize what was happening. There was a hand on my mouth um, and there is a hand on my dress and I could feel it on my underwear. And in that moment, I knew what was going to happen because it, this is the like the craziest part to it. And um, I haven't really talked about this publicly or like, um, so I'm a very spiritually connected person and, and um, I am very spiritual myself. 10 years ago, so I was 29 when this happened. This is December, 2019 and I'm 29. 10 years prior um, to what was happening that moment, um, I was raped for the first time at 19 years old, my first vacation ever by myself uh, with my friends. I was 19. And then 10 years later, I'm 29, almost in the same fucking moment. Um, So that's something I came up after with for purpose. But anyways, in that moment, um, (laughs) I scanned this guy's face and like uh, to the wrinkles on his forehead and the size of his ears. And then I fucking freaked out. Uh, I need him in the balls. I kicked him off. I pushed him off. And this is the thing. I don't think he realized that a, I was a lot older than I looked because I'm in a little dress and I'm on the beach. You know, I probably looked like a 19 year old, uh, wasted, you know, out cold, but I'm, I was 29 and fully cognizant. So I flung him off of me and he was a lot smaller than I was. 
and I ran. I've never ran so fast in my whole fucking life. Got back to my hotel room and my ex at the time was not there. And I have no idea what time it is as well. And I just fucking had a panic attack. So yeah, like a full on panic attack. Yeah. Um, and I'm screaming and hyperventilating and I'm trying, I'm, I'm, cal- I'm trying to calm myself down. Like it just, what had just happened and like process everything like, you know, um, and I can't breathe. And, and then this, this guy walks up the stairs, this like Russian dude barely speaks English. And I could, I could just tell by his facial expression that, um, he was concerned and, and wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad thing. I was. And so he ended up walking with me. He was like, come, come. Like, you know, he's like, okay. Um, because I was like, <sighs> even just t- talking about it right now, I can, um, Dizzy a lot. Like I can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah. I can hear it in your breathing. Yeah. Like I can see it in your in your body. Like I know our listeners can't see it, but I can see you like reliving, re-experiencing that. Yes. yes. And um, and when he walked, he walked me back to the the front lobby. That's where I ran into my ex who <laughs> was with a bunch of people and and I you know, had gotten out what had happened and I made the report. Um, and, uh, my ex had just went back to our, our room after, I guess, and grabbed all our stuff. So I'm just kind of making it in a nutshell, um, mm-hmm. in the sense, because there's a, a lot to it aside from the assault, like, so I'm in a foreign country. I've just, you know, been assaulted and I'm trying to report it and I have no idea what time it is. And afterwards, I think it, we ended up realizing it was like two, two, three in the morning. By this point, there's not very many people up. Everybody that's up is wasted and the hotel staff, nobody speaks English and nobody's really like, it was just, I can't explain it because it, it was like saying you needed help and nobody moving. Like, you know, yeah. nobody, nobody was moving. It felt like slow motion. Almost. I was just going to say that I, it must, it had to feel like really isolating and like it was going, things were going on yeah. and everybody speaking a different language as well. So I had, what yeah. I ended up doing was writing on a blank sheet of paper, everything that had happened on the beach. I wrote down a, his description and I have it fucking burned in my brain. I wrote it down. He also, what I also had noticed too, um, was that he was wearing one of the collared, shirts that the groundskeeper wore and see I already am hyper vigilant so I I take notice of my settings mm-hmm. um, and I noticed those things and so it had even the logo the logo memories on it because we were at the memories Veradero in Cuba um so anyways that's what I wrote down and I'm like he was an employee he's down at the beach right now and I said that to the security and you know they say they said they were gonna go look and anyways what happened is we were told to go back to our room and in all of that commotion, uh, my ex had come back with our stuff. We wanted to leave and we're like, we're leaving, we're going. And uh, we ended up being you know, convinced to stay uh, and sent back to our room. And in that commotion, my fiance or my ex, my ex had put down our bag, one of our bags, laptop bag. And in that bag, my passport, his passport, money, phone, wallet, everything. And it was gone. We went, when we, we realized we went back to the room minutes, minutes later, and it, it was gone. No recollection of it. Uh, and so 
that was the, that's how the night ended our bag. We ended up with no bag, me being assaulted and being sent back to our room. Um, it was, I didn't sleep. No, I didn't sleep no. at all. And the next morning I got a phone call saying that my passport had been found. Uh, so I go by myself and I meet two male security guards who told me essentially what had been communicated was the assault. Did it happen? If it didn't, um, my passports were there for me kind of thing. If it did happen, then I would have a, a lot more to deal with. You know what I mean? So Can you say that again, just so we're all really clear on what's happening now. If I didn't recant and say everything was fine, then I, I wouldn't have got my passports back. So I got my passports back after I'm bribing you. Yeah. After I wrote a statement. Yeah. They were coerced. They coerced me. It was a full on coercion. I got my passports back and I'm fucking terrified at this. I'm, I'm not even, the only thing I'm thinking about is my kid at this point too. Cause I'm on, this is my first vacation. Yeah. Yeah. First vacation away from him. And I'm by myself. This all just happened. These two fucking dudes with my passport are like asking me about the assault. I'm like, give me my passport. Give me my passport. Give me my fucking passport. Why do you have my passport? And they wouldn't give me my passport. So I wrote down, everything's fine. Nothing happened. No assault. All good. Got my passports back. Didn't get my wallet back. Didn't get my phone back. Didn't get my Ray-Ban sunglasses. Everything else in our bag that wasn't at the front lobby that wasn't taken somehow was missing. But the passports that were all with it were, were recovered. So... With that being said, that was my morning the next day. I went to our airline representative. Can um, I, I just have a question. You said you went to meet them. Yeah, you went to meet them. You went to meet these guys alone. Why did you go alone? So my ex, we had gotten into a really massive altercation like that evening back at the hotel as well. And it just, it was bad. He has an insane amount of social anxiety. It just, I just went to go get the passports easier to say and so yeah and that's what that that's what happened and then I went we went to to speak to our airline rep and basically she told us if we wanted to get a flight home earlier it was going to cost us way too much money so she's like wanting us to stay for the rest of the week and I explained to her what had just happened and she's the only person that really spoke English to me and she told me that she would speak to the head of security because I said I was in that front lobby we were talking about our bag. This is in reference to our bag being stolen. Cause I yeah. told her what just happened with the passports mm-hmm. and she's you like that. No way. Kind of thing, you know, like trying to defend, defend her coworkers because they all work together. They right. fucking all work together. Yeah. And, um, so apparently she saw the security footage from the night of my assault. And I was then told by the head of security, my son wing representative and a couple other guards that they had no footage of the bag being there or me reporting the assault. No footage, wasn't there. I wasn't allowed to see it as well, but the airline representative said that she saw it and confirmed with the head of security. They're like, nope, sorry, your bag wasn't there and you're, you weren't there. So we're not sure like what you're kind of talking about. And I'm like, are you serious? Oh my God. So you're being gaslit. 
yes. Oh yes. Yeah. And I'm like, how was I not there? I'm like, I was in a red dress. I'm like, I was crying. I was hyperventilating. I'm like, where's the staff members that took my note kind of thing. Like, where's the security guard that took my, my thing. And the, the only thing they said is, well, they work in 24 hour shifts. So we have no contact with him and he's not here. You know, that kind of, that's how it works in Cuba. I don't know. The other thing that they, the only thing, the security guard head of security for the hotel asked me in English. The only thing this man asked me in English, were you drinking? That you're drinking. That's the only fucking thing he said. <laughs> and I never saw that man again. The one that assaulted me, we were stuck there for five days. I had to spend five days there after that was our first 24 hours, by the way. So we had mm. the rest of the vacation there. I didn't eat for five days. I barely slept. Um, I had just insane amounts of, and I thought I was going to die. I thought I was never going to see my kid again. I thought we were being followed the whole time. I just, I can't explain the terror because I was in a foreign country and so out of control. Um, and all these people are working together against you. And oh, you're trapped there basically, right? And you're stuck there. You have to play by their rules. That's why it was, it was survival. The moment I was, they were like, you know, uh, asking me about the drinking and my, that they didn't have security footage of me making this report there. My bag wasn't there. Like it was, I was just like, are you fucking serious? This is hap This is really happening. And then I realized, no, um, I had, I'm like, shut your mouth. It's time to, it's time to shut your mouth because you're not making a stink here. And if you do, I don't think it's a safe idea, you know? So something in my head, um, so I was like, no problem. Nothing happened. It's all good. I'm good. I didn't say a fucking thing. I didn't talk to anybody. And yeah. And then the moment I got home, it just, everything broke down. I, I can't even tell you the flight home when we landed back in Canada. I've never, never been so grateful to be on Canadian soil. <sighs> yeah. I just got goosebumps yeah. imagining what that felt like for you just to finally be back home fine. and just like, I'm safe. I'm home. I'm safe. Like, yeah, I can't, they can't get me like, and my son, you know, I just, yeah. So it was really messed up and it was, it was, and the worst part too, the person that has my phone, they ended up taking over my, my iCloud account. So I was getting updates from where that phone was. And I, it, the location was just outside Miami. So wherever the cell service was just outside Miami. So somebody in Cuba still has my phone. Um, and they ended oh up God. getting into it. So I've had just a lot of, just a lot of trauma around like things being taken and like, you know, taken over you stuff like that. And it's really violating. It's that's the word. It's just, it's really violating. And, uh, I've had, a, this is the first time I've really talked about it since, um, in a, in depth in a, on a podcast, cause this yeah. is my second podcast about it. But the first one was quite soon after the assault. Uh, and now I've had some time in between and I've really been able to reflect yeah. um, and, and have some time to heal mm -hmm. and then definitely extract what I wanted to really bring forth on the podcast is um, yeah. Right. When I was like, I know what I want to say. And 
so yeah, that, that's my, that's my story. I, sur- I survived. And you reported it here. Did you? Did. That's kind of where I was leaning into. I, yeah, my, um, my first assault when I was 19, I didn't tell anybody because I was so ashamed because I, I felt like I put myself in the situation and it was my fault. And I blamed myself for seven years. I was on the way to school. I, I, I was working full-time teaching in high schools, working with at-risk youth. So working with kids that, that struggle with, you know, sex, sexual assault, mental health, um, drugs, and, and, you know, so many different things. I was taking this course on um, empowering myself and a mental health certification. So I had all this shit in my, in my front and I was driving work and I had this, this crazy flashback. I was back in this cave in Cuba and his hands were on my shoulders and I almost crashed my car. And I was like, what just happened? I, I, I don't even know. And I was like, I need therapy. I'm like, I need help. And uh, I started seeing a therapist again and unearthed something I buried. And that's the thing. I didn't talk about it. And this mm-hmm. time, this time I was like, I'm talking about it. I'm, I'm fucking talking about it. This needs to be talked about. And, and I did what I, what I knew and I used my social media and I just was like, this is what just happened. And definitely to my surprise, it was picked up by, um, CTV news, I think. Yeah, something like that. Local news. Um, and we did the story because it was something they were working on. And in particular with Sunwing airlines that they have had multiple reports of sexual assault abroad and nothing happening um the misconduct the misrepresentation of support for victims like after my thing had aired ctv had a, a pouring out of me too's and i had like half a dozen from the same resort um oh and i actually had two different women reach out to me on social media and tell me they've stayed at that resort and it happened to them. Uh, one was a 17 year old girl um, and her parents were bribed by hotel managers with free spa coupons to not report it or um, share it on social media. Um, I shared it on uh, TripAdvisor and the hotel clapped back with uh, something really unprofessional and it made them look shitty and then they deleted it and did something else in return um something that the reporter found out and please interrupt with any questions at any point because like yeah. I just feel once I get into a flow of sharing I'm just gonna yeah absolutely the reporter found out that the hotel and airline are owned by the same Canadian company um so that's where I was able to make a bit of a wave because the hotel I stayed at and the airline I used to get to said hotel are owned by a Canadian company versus some of the victims whose companies and hotels are owned by Spain or you know in the UK where they don't really have the opportunity to, I don't know, reach or speak to somebody that's gonna mm-hmm. really put things in motion for them. Um, so what ended up happening is I connected with Sunwing and one of their representatives higher up brought brought this to the table. Like, what's happening? You have people that are being assaulted. You have customers, women, 
daughters, sisters, friends, like people like this is happening. It's happening a lot. And it's not being fucking talked about. And when it is, it's not being supported. So something needs to change. And I'm like, it needs to change kind of thing, or I'm going to make more waves. Yeah. Um, so they hired this company called White Ribbon. And they uh, are a fantastic not-for-profit that basically works on changing the views of toxic masculinity in men and teaching men to be better allies for women and end gender-based violence. They sent a team down into Cuba that spoke fully Spanish, so there would be zero language barriers. Mm -hmm. And they trained over 600 general managers from all of the popular hotel chains in Cuba, who then went to their hotels and trained their managers and then their staff members and their, you know, so on and so forth on what to do with sexual assault, sexual misconduct, all of those things. And you know what? That's awesome. I think that's freaking awesome. And maybe I, I'm just like, you know, but it's not enough, but it's, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm like, this is so fantastic. It's so cool. It's fucking cool, but enough. Did it work enough? And well, yeah, did it work? Did it work? Is it really going to make the change? I hope. I, and I hope I, so. I hope so too. I really it doesn't do. change what happened for you and all of that suffering that you've had to endure. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't. I but... just can't get over that you were like, for all intents and purposes, trapped at that resort. I, I was so pissed. I couldn't even enjoy the sunshine. Like, I, uh, like, I was like, I'm, I, Obviously, escaping from an assault is hugely traumatic and awful, but then to be gaslit and trapped. And you're paying. Like, she's paying. You paid to be there, there. too. Um, Yeah, yeah. And you, you know what? Something I did, too, I was like, just, I went down to the beach the next day. Um, mostly because I had these really, really cute shoes and I left them at the fucking beach because I was in a panic and ran. Of course they were gone, but I went down to the beach the next day because I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this again. I'm not, you know, making myself small. I'm not because, you know, the first time with my assault, it, it, it blew. I had an eating disorder around the same time. And after that assault, my eating disorder blew up and just so many things spiraled negatively from that space. And I'm like, girl, this is not happening again. Like, so as much as it fucking sucked, like I had a nice tan and I just, I'm really grateful that experience fucking sucked, but I, I'm going to take something good from it because I also realized something about myself um, is, and I'm not putting the blame on myself. And this is the thing too, even with, 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 with my ex, it's nobody's fault. You know, we got into an argument and regardless of what that was, it's nobody's fault. Me deciding to go down to the beach doesn't mean that I deserved what happened. It's not my fault. No, no. But you could imagine, like, I can imagine that some people, upon hearing your story, would say things like, "Well, Why she should go have been there by herself. By herself. Yeah. Why did her? How could her boyfriend let her go down there by herself? Like, and- I could see people pointing fingers, sort of, at him oh. as well. Because oh, yeah. that was some questions too. Where did? Where was he? And he said, "It's he- completely unfair." Yeah, he was look. He of course he looked. Of course he looked for me, um, and 
I was out, I guess. I don't know. I honestly, I don't You wanted know. to be alone though. And you have that Even right. So just because, like it's, just it's, because you're a woman in a dress, you're not supposed to be alone. alone? Like that's stupid. This is the thing. And this is the first thing my dad said to me too. Uh, and this is, and this is maybe the insensitive. He's like, why would you go back to that country? Cause he, he knows about my first assault. Yeah. He's like, why would you go back there? It's like, thanks dad. Like super helpful right now. Super helpful. Yeah. And you know what? And that's the thing is, is regardless of, of, of it, it's nobody's fault. But however, I, I needed to realize something that, you know, my, one of my negative traits is to run and, and not, not even just negative in the sense, but like, if I perhaps had paused and I'm not blaming myself, but I'm also taking responsibility because what happened wasn't my fault, but it is my responsibility to heal after and never put, put, you know, do my very best to not ever put myself in a position where something like that might happen again. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't thinking in that moment and, you know, going forward, I won't ever do that again. If I'm on a vacation, I'm not going to ever, you know, be a stubborn hard ass and be like, no, leave me alone. I need space. I'm going to the beach, you know, uh, while, you know, secretly wishing that somebody comes to see if I'm okay. Like, you know, there's a lot that I gained from this experience. Um, because shit, like I really had to. And as I said, I'm spiritual, very spiritual, 10 years apart, like 10 years apart, same country. Yeah. I'm like that, how does that, that has to mean something like that's got to mean something. And whether or not it's part of my story with my ex and, and, you know, all of, all of that encompasses, you know, what we went through and in general, there's got to be some purpose out of this. Like if I can help somebody have a voice by being able to share the story, you know, mm -hmm. that makes me feel good that I could do that. Cause I did do that. I did share something. You did, yeah. And I never really gave myself, I think, the, not the credit, but I was just like, oh, it's just, you know, sometimes when I talk about my trauma, traumas, people are like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's cool. It's just a thing, you know? And like, yeah. yeah. I think we, we sometimes get uncomfortable when we make somebody else uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. you know and and it's like I mean you know it's my story I'm fine like, like you handle it yeah it's really though I'm always mindful who we talk I talk to this stuff about but I think my big thing is being able to say to talk about it right to mm -hmm. I didn't talk about it the first time and maybe and it that sounds like it kind of ate at you it, it nearly killed me like it really did and yoga um so that's kind of, that's what led me to yoga after my assault. Uh, I was 19 when I started practicing yoga, very fresh after this assault. And in my head, I was like, I want to do yoga to lose weight because I hate my, my body. I hate who I see in the mirror. I hate her. Mm -hmm. And so I thought yoga would make me lose weight. And then I'd love myself. And I ended up fucking healing. Yoga was my gateway drug to, to modern day yoga, modern day healing being who I am now. So, you know, I have, I have the tools. So, you know, all of that shit, everything up until that, that assault 20, you know, at 29, everything I went through maybe prepared me for that exact moment. I survived it. I survived those five days. I survived that moment and I did something with it. 
So maybe mm-hmm. all of that pain was prepping me for that intense shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all the alignment of it all is also really kind of crazy, but I think it, it speaks to how much you've grown. Like I, many people don't get that kind of like those kind of sign uh, uh, markers, mile markers yeah, to show how like you have these two very distinctly similar mile markers to show just how much you've grown and changed. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. That's such a great point. And I was, what I was getting to along the way, this, that's what led me to yoga was, you know, that pain. And I ended up finding something so just life sparking in me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it ended mm-hmm. up, cause I ended up, I were, I ended up working with a lot of students that have gone through similar things or, you know, have similar experiences in life. And I'm able to offer the tools that I've used to help me overcome the trauma that I've experienced, you know, to be able to talk about it like this and, and just share it from a more empowered place. It takes a long time because I've had the narrative of victim for a while and almost wore that badge with honor. And it like gave me an excuse to be angry and bitter and blame. And at some point I just got sick of my own shit And ended up taking charge, and I haven't really stopped since. And I'm in such a great place now. I really finally feel like I'm in a good place, and then I can start sharing with people how to how to do this, how to get here too. Kind of like what you guys are doing with now what, like in your own. Okay, now what do we do? How do we how do we we do do this? How do we do this? Because life life doesn't stop, man, and we are resilient. And so now what? Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing, like now what, what, like how you're like, you got tired of your own shit. So now what? And you're channeling that anger and those experiences and that trauma Mm -hmm. into, into using your voice and, and working to empower other people to work through their own trauma. And, you know, we can't know what kind of difference you speaking up and being on the news and, and getting the, you know, talking to someone at Sunwing and getting the training happening. But like that is, you did something, you used your voice and your experience to mm-hmm. do something. And I think anytime we work to make change outside of ourselves, it can only go so far. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's great that you still did that, right? Like we only have control over so much, right? I think if anything, uh, the state of the world has shown us that very starkly in the last year and a half. Um, (laughs) And just that you, you know, that you stood up for yourself and that you took a stand and it's really hard for women to do that. But also because you had this experience in the past where you didn't even talk about it. And I think, you know, it's really common for women to freeze in the moment and, and to not respond and, and to, and to feel, feel that all of that shame and all yeah. of that afterwards. Exactly. Um, but the fact that after the fact, you were able to say like, what happened to me was wrong and I'm not going to just keep it in. Yeah. And then people are reaching out to you, obviously about, about your story and sharing those, like there's got to be some validation in that, like for yourself and also for other victims to be like, Oh, you know, this happened to somebody else Mm -hmm. and that we're not alone in our trauma. Right. Yeah. It's such, 
I think you really showed like a lot of strength. And I love listening to you talk just about how after the fact you then were doing a lot of like digging Mm. inside, right. And a lot of like reflection and, and unpacking all of that. Yeah. I think it's easy not to though. It's easy to run from that. And, and I did for, uh, I did for a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Cause we, that led me into the pandemic. Like, you know, that assault happened December and, you know, those couple months after um, were pretty dark. And to be honest, it was like, I have a girlfriend, Susan, um, might be familiar, Isla Pearl. Mm-hmm. And we had already planned this women's event and I was to headline the yoga part and, and empower a hundred women at the Hoshua Center. And honestly, I was like, in my head, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Because I feel so disempowered right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more that I just, I just had, I just had to do it. It kind of gave me something. It just gave me something and I got up there and, and I did do it. And it was, it was so great because it sparked something. And, and to be honest, what really, really made a shift was, um, full moon circles that I began participating in Mm -hmm. April. And I'm not kidding you. Um, really changed my life uh the support and validation from sisters kind of very much like this um just speaking that's really well and finding community I think community yeah that's the word I'm like how do I articulate this because um it did it really helped talking about it speaking about it shedding it trying there's a lot of things that I got I got really comfortable with uh, being emotional, sitting with it. And one thing that really helped was yoga. Uh, if I didn't have to teach, like there were classes that like I had to teach. I couldn't just say to the studio, like, oh, I don't fucking want to. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had that responsibility. Yeah. yeah I had the, and same thing with my son, it, you know, those, if I didn't have those things, you know, I wouldn't really had much of motivation to do anything. Yeah. And yeah you know, COVID 20 and all that and whatever, just the comfort, the, I felt very stagnant and it's been a slow climb. And that was last April. And I feel 1000 times better. So now, now what is like, okay, let's do something with this because you're, you're coming out on the other side, but it's time to like harness that energy Mm-hmm. streamline it and you know let's make some waves because I think people need this I think people need help support light love mm-hmm. right um, well and you have I think you are such a strong voice that you have the potential to make those waves yeah that's what you want to do I do I, I want to I have I've had this vision before of you know speaking or writing or just I do I want to help and um I, I often think of myself, I want to be the person that I needed at this time, you know, uh, when I'm working with my youth, I want to be the person that I needed when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's with the little kids, same thing, the mom that I needed when I was, you know, in that sense, but, and even as the adult, be the, the woman that I need right now. And I'm never, I have never been in this season that I am currently, um, which is unattached and 
just kind of figuring things out and we're all in this pandemic which is just rocking on everybody <laughs> well but i think hopefully we're coming out the other side just as you are kind of blossoming i love it and i'm your moon is cresting right <laughs> i want to bring bring that energy out bring us into the age of aquarius out of the dark ages <laughs> so yeah I mean, it's, it's also interesting because we've just gone through this year that you're like, and you know what, like, I'm in such a good place. It's weird. I, on, and it's, and I, I don't want to, this is the thing I was struggling with this very thought the other day, um, because I've been through so much and not even just sexual assault, but just in general, you kind of like most people I've been through a lot of shit and I'm like, okay, no, the other shoe doesn't have to drop. Maybe, maybe this is okay to have a season of like peace, you know, like I feel like my, I'm okay with my job. Less thank, thankfully right now I'm okay. My son is healthy. I am healthy. Like, you know, my friends are healthy, you know, things are okay right now. And it's, I am not going to think the shoe's going to drop. I think right now, that's why I'm like, okay, this is the time to use it but I'm also enjoying it um I'm enjoying it very much so doing doing everything I've ever wanted to do like I both just before the podcast tonight I had a girlfriend message me and she's like you know I really need um a pair of ears I'm like I got you we took my paddle boards out and we just went went for a paddle I'm like this is life like this is what life is supposed to be like Mm -hmm. um yeah I, I want that for people I want that for myself and I like you said like we're coming out of this just insanity mm -hmm. I think I also feel a little bit more hopeful just based on where I am geographically right now Who's <laughs> that hope though ride that like that and yeah well and I think um oh I just lost it I had a really it was good and it's gone <laughs> always happens i know right um shoot no it's gone so, <laughs> so you were just kind of talking about i guess what is your advice for just anybody not necessarily in the exact same position as you but I think you have a lot of wisdom. And if there was something that people could take from your story, what would you hope that was? Um, you know, it's the voice piece. And um, I wish I had had that, you know, the first time around. But um, I, the way that my life has panned out is it was supposed to happen. Every, all of the events, you know, I believe that they were supposed to be the way they are. And what I would say is make, make sure that you have someone to speak to. Um, I was just talking about this the other day because not everybody can say, can say the things, you know, mm -hmm. so not everybody can talk about their trauma. Not everybody is as vocal the way that I'm vocal. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's harder, especially if life has taught you that when you do speak up, um, it doesn't matter. So my advice is, to find somebody that you can speak up to, find find somebody, one person, even just one person, a safe person. But your voice matters. Um, and for anybody listening, like legitimately, I will be that person for you. Um, 
my information will be, you know, I'm sure distributed through this podcast. So reach out, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this connection day and age we're in with social media, like people are more accessible than ever. So just send, send the message, tell people that you love them use your voice. That's, that's the big thing. Not even just like talking about your traumas and saying the things that you've been through, but tell people you care, tell them you love them, Mm -hmm. say the weird things, say everything you need to like, just speak up. Yeah. And it's so hard, especially um, it's so hard for people to talk about their feelings, yes, not I, even just in the case of standing up for themselves, which is a whole other thing that people right. really struggle with, but just talking about the emotion. And that yeah. is huge. That's a big thing for us on the podcast too, that we're like, you got to feel your feelings yeah. and it's okay. And like, we will listen to them and it's right. Like have them express them, talk about them. Yes. And we want to kind of try and normalize admitting that we don't feel happy all the time Mm -hmm. and sometimes we feel happy and sad or happy and angry at the same time time. (laughs) that's why I love the word fuck because it can be used in so many different contexts like happy to sad I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this oh you are I I like the most versatile word isn't it it's so versatile it's so versatile I have to I mean I just feel compelled to share that when we crossed the border um into the United States the other day I was like a little bit weepy and we got stuck in traffic and, and the boys were like, it's okay. Like, are you okay, mommy? And I said, you know, I was, I was just a little nervous. I didn't know what to, what to expect. I didn't know if we were going to be able to cross. And, and my eight-year-old just goes, who fucking keeps the people from their family for 18 months? Who does that? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It was like so brilliant. And he said it. He said something else and he used the word again. And I said, I didn't yell at him. I go, just so you know, you can't talk that way around your grandparents. Um, (laughs) But you're right. (laughs) It's so true. But it is. It's that kind of universal word. And it's it's welcome here. Usually I am using it. I've been very mellow because I do. uh, I really do like to swear. But... (laughs) It's not always, you know, it's not, you know, everybody's cup of tea and I do respect that. So, uh, you know, it is we it are is. open to all of the things here. Um, I think on that note, yeah. thank you so very much, Emily. We, um, we really appreciate your vulnerability and your willing to, willingness to share with us. And um, you guys can find Emily at Mo- it's modern day healing now, right? Modern dot day dot healing yes mm-hmm. um on- just yoga that's why that's that's where I was like you know what I've I've grown so much yeah, yoga's been my yoga's been my thing for so long I've been known as the yoga chick for a long time so I'm branching out into more of you know more of what has healed me exactly yeah, yeah no it's great and so you can find Emily there and reach out to her there um if you are looking for some connection um and and thank you very much thank you thank you so much thanks for listening to now what if you've enjoyed this episode leave us a review your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it and make sure to find us on instagram at now what underscore podcast until next time we're tisha and jen remember your hard times are the chance to write another chapter